There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ken Murray on LMFM. Now, as you are probably aware, there's been a lot of coverage in recent weeks about the plight of uh, Dundalk woman Lisa Smith, who joined the terrorist group Islamic State. The former member of the Irish Defence Forces is currently believed to be in Turkey, and the government here has said it is anxious for her to return home, more so because of the plight of her two-year-old daughter, whose name is Rakaya. Now, one woman who knows her is 38-year-old Carol Duffy from Dundalk, who is also a member of the Muslim community and indeed is a former friend of Lisa Smith. Uh, Good morning, Carol, and thanks for joining us on the programme. Um, Good morning, you're very welcome. Yes, uh, I understand you shared a house with Lisa Smith at one time for six months. What sort of a person is she? Um, well, on the face of it, I mean, I got on fine with her. Lisa was fine. Um, you know, it was only in, in matters of when she started getting into the religion that she actually started changing. And um, her, her her attitude was, she was very, she started getting very argumentative. She started getting very secretive. She started to get very, um, I would say she started to get militant. And you say she started getting very argumentative. Uh, Did she not like Western society or did she not like the Catholic faith or what faith was she? What what attracted her into ISIL or ISIS, as it's sometimes referred to? Well, you see, that's that's the thing. You know, what attracted her to the religion is certainly different than what attracted her into ISIS. Two very, very, very different things. In regards to the religion, I think it was just something that she stumbled upon because she did hang around with uh, non-practicing Muslims. She had friends that were Muslims from Muslim countries, so she was exposed to it that way. In terms of ISIS, that's something completely different. That would, I think, that was just um, for in her case. I think it was she seen a cause in it. She seen something in it that she liked, and and she went for it. And what did she like about ISIL? I think it was. I think for her, she. She always seemed to go to the extreme of everything. Before she became a Muslim, she was looking at different religions, but it was always the extreme end. If she was looking at anything to do, she was very interested in Palestine and the conflict there, but she went to the extreme end of it. It was always the Jews against the Muslims. It was always, you know, there was never a middle ground with her. There was never a grey area. She always went for the extreme of everything. When she'd done something, she went full in with it. The same thing happened with the religion. She was Muslim maybe two, three weeks, and that was it then. She was all in. She never took her time. She never researched anything properly. She just went in head first. 
Um, some people are uh, amazed that for a woman who was a member of the Irish uh, Air Corps, which is part of the Defence Forces, that whatever training she got uh, within the Irish defence system, uh, that she would actually take the opposite view. Where do you think along the way she had this conversion to Islam? Was there one particular incident or was it a combination of factors or did she have a bad experience with somebody or, you know, do you, do you know actually what happened? To be honest, I think originally her um, conversion had a lot to do with the relationship that she was in. Um, she was in a relationship with with the Muslim person, and I think that's where the interest first came in to it. And I think at the start, that's that's mainly what the uh, yeah I think mainly that was her objective was to become a Muslim and possibly marry this person, and it didn't work out that way. And then the interest just grew from there. Can you understand uh, the anger towards her on the basis that she joined an organisation uh, that believes in cutting people's heads off, treats women as third-class citizens, uh, is totally opposed to all things Western, and that yeah. the state here appears to be going out on a limb to bring her home? Can you understand the anger towards that? Well, I'm one of the people that's very, very angry. I think it's absolutely disgraceful. Um, to be honest with you, I'm all for taking the children home. If uh, her daughter, Rakaya, she definitely 100%, that child is pure innocent in this. The child should not have to suffer any more or see any more of the horrible things that she's seen. And that child needs to be in Ireland, along with Alexander's child, who's also Irish. Those children need to be brought home. The parents, on the other hand, completely different. That's completely different. They went over there in the knowledge of what was happening in that country. There's no way anyone can say that when they went to Syria that they did not know what was happening to those innocent Yazidi people. There's nobody can say that. And if they do say that, we're going to call them out as liars because that's what they are. And they need to be punished for that. There needs to be some sort of justice there for those Yazidi people. And I can totally understand people being very angry at the money that's going to be spent to take her home. And I think what happens is, I think what's happening now is, is that everyone's talking about the plight of Lisa. There is no plight of Lisa. There's the plight of the Syrians and the Yazidis, and there's the plight of the children. There is no plight for her. There is no plight. Well, now, uh, you're quoted in uh, today's uh, Daily Mirror as saying that, um, you know, she's arrogant, argumentative, and that you don't think she should be welcome home because you've implied that she wouldn't be welcome home. Um, the government seems to be pushing the line that, in real terms, this is more so about the plight of her daughter, Rakaya. Now, to be objective about it, doesn't the government have a point that it's the child's life that really is the issue here and not Lisa Smith? It has, and, and that's what most of, that's what any, any of us within the Muslim community and outside the Muslim com- community, I, I, anyone would, it's always the children. The focus should be on those poor, innocent children because we don't know what they have seen and what they've suffered and the damage that that has done. It's always about the children. If Rokia had been at an age where she could probably travel on her own, it would be a different thing. But she's obviously a toddler. She needs her her mommy. She's not going to be able to travel without her mommy. And it's going to be a, a very, you know, it's going to be a very damaging upheaval for the child because what she's known now and what she's going to come home to is very, very different. And I think obviously the focus is on the child. But as well as that too, we also have the fact that people are going to look at her mother. And then we have this um, narrative going around now that she was radicalised, that it was out of her hands. You know, and I think that with the child, the child sometimes, the issue gets very, very blurred between Lisa and the child. The focus should always and always will be the baby. 
Always and will be. Well, now you're quoted in today's Irish Daily Mirror as saying, we should be nervous about this because of Lisa Smith's connections. You seem to be, you seem to be implying that even if Lisa Smith was to return home, uh, she would still maintain a connection with these very evil and dangerous people. Is that the case, do you believe? Um, yeah, I do honestly think that because the ideology that you would have to have to go into those countries, you're not going to drop them overnight. That has to be something ingrained in you. There has to be something in there you've seen. You're not going to change sides overnight. You're really not. How are you going to? She's lived over there for years. She married men who she knew were involved in ISIS and could have possibly, um, you know, hurt women, sold them, raped them, beheaded people, shot at people. She knew that when she married these people. So that's obviously ingrained there. She obviously doesn't, uh, you know, that's obviously not a factor. Most of us, would absolutely recoil at being with someone who did those things. She went and she married them. So, and even how she got there, we don't know how she got there. Because there's no way you could have hopped on a flight and just said, right, I'm off to Syria and away off and cross the border on your own. It wouldn't have happened. So who do we know? And also, we also know from her own mouth, because any of the stuff I'm saying, she just said it herself. She was friends. She lived on the same street as Sally Jones and her husband, Junid Hussein. There's been reports from the NGOs who say that she was, went to a training camp before she, in Raqqa before she actually was put into Madassa. We also have reports from um, one of the charities in Syria who said that she trained girls in light weaponry. I mean, these are things that she has... This is a, these are documents that have been seen, and these are things she's admitted herself. These things didn't happen. She didn't just wander over to Syria, meet these people, join these camps. And, 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 and this didn't happen out of nowhere. She would have had to have connections. Well, now, that's now, the next question I, w- I want to ask you about. And, um, you know, it's only a question that maybe members of the public would ask. But, yeah. you know, the Muslim community in Dundalk, I don't know how big it is. Maybe you might tell me because you're a member of the Muslim community mm-hmm. itself. Would there be Muslims in Dundalk who might have connections with ISIS? Well, you see, this is the this is this thing that um, I think gets very confused along the way. A lot of these people who are in these groups, they don't attend the mosques because really what happens is a lot of times with our mosques, in, including ours, and I'll talk about ours more so than anyone else's, we have um, we would have classes which are either run by myself or on the, the side of the men. It's run by um, one of the men over there. We're very, very careful about what people, uh, who comes into the mosque. We also take a, like a, what we call a roll call. That goes straight up to the community guard. They know who's in and out of our mosque and they will come down if we have classes. We welcome them to come down and listen to what we're doing. You know, they're very involved in any of our days out. They're very involved with us as a group. And I think to, to that, I think that, um, I think that's very important in the community. And I think it's important for the, for the guards as well for them to know that if there is any sort of suspicion that they can come down and have that um, suspicion wiped away within our community, that they know that there's nobody there. And to be honest with you, I'll be the first to say it. If there is something like that going on, I'll be the first one to report it. I'm an Irish person with Christian family. Sure, but th- just let me I ask you this you question. Mean. Yeah, how, ma- how many Muslims are in Dundalk? We have roughly, um, I'd say roughly now we have about 600. 600. And is the Muslim yeah. community in Dundalk, are they worried or concerned that that they may be targeted or they may be subjected to abuse because they may be seen to be, if you like, uh, protecting Lisa Smith's reputation or that they're sympathetic to her. Do you have any concerns? Is there any fears in Dundalk about what's happening? Yeah, we do have a lot of fears. Um, we have we've have, have had to have the guards come down and um, 
you know, kind of stand and, and when we've had events on, especially after the light when everything, when all the news stories broke about her. And um, my own self, you know, I, I've been physically attacked. I've had things thrown at my house. I have been doxxed online where people have put my phone number, my email and my address online. I've had abuse, you know, online. Someone actually wanted to know where they could buy battery acid so that um, they would make sure that I would wear my veil permanently. Like, that's not something you hear every day. I've never had that type of abuse. And I'm from Dundalk and I've lived here a majority of my life. So this stuff is coming out now. I mean, in saying that, people in Dundalk, that's not how they are. This is a very, very small few that are very ignorant. And do you think, we are afraid. Do you think we that's because afraid. do you think that's because people are either anti Muslim, they're anti immigrant, or they just see Islam uh, and what's going on with ISIS as um we'll say a movement that is opposed to all things Western and that some of the deeds carried out by ISIS are completely shocking? I think um, it's definitely the latter. Um, Dundalk people are not anti-immigrant. They're definitely not racist. Um, There's no sentiment like that in Dundalk that I've ever experienced. And I am married to a a non-national. We don't. He loves it here. There's never been any trouble like that with Dundalk people. Um, What I do think is, I think it's a lot of fear. I think as well as that too, it's a lot of... um, they look at ISIS and they equate one with the other. So ISIS and Islam go hand in hand, which is very, very, very not true. We, I mean, we're totally opposed to it. Okay, well, Carol, Carol, you're a former friend of Lisa Smith. I yeah. mean, do you, main any, do you maintain any connection with Lisa Smith's family and how are they, if you like, uh, squaring up at present? I haven't talked to her family in a long time, but I can, I mean, I'd say they're just, I mean, especially her parents, I'd say they're absolutely distraught, like, to find out that their daughter's over there and then to find out they have a granddaughter and they haven't seen her and she's in that horrible country and, you know, in a horrible camp. They must be distraught. I mean, my heart goes out to them. Like, it's, it's, it's terrible for them. But from what I know is, I mean, I understand they're defending their daughter. They think she's innocent. You know, no one's going to blame them for that. Um, but I'd say they're absolutely distraught over this. Okay, Carol, we're going to have to leave it there. It's something we'll be keeping uh, an eye and an ear on in the coming days as uh, speculation mounts that Lisa Smith will be returning to Ireland uh, in the next week or so. Carol Duffy there, a former friend of Lisa Smith, uh, joining us from Dundalk. Ken Murray on LMFM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.